In this example we're, or lesson, we're just going to take a look at the DDM and see how we would use it to model price and look at some of the research that we might want to do. So we are looking on uh, page four of your uh, notes uh, in the uh, chapter 13 section. So what we have here is we've got a stock, it's labeled as ECN, you can change that to RNH. We have a stock RNH and RNH can currently be purchased for $12.34. We want to use the DDM to analyze whether or not that is a good deal. So the DDM is going to tell us that what we need to research in order to figure out what the price should be are the current dividend, we need to find the growth rate of the dividend and we need to find an appropriate uh, required rate of return. So as a researcher then those are the things that we're going to begin to seek out. And our researcher in this example finds a couple of things that are related to that. First they find that the current year current dividend is one dollar. Now they just looked at the past year and usually that's sufficient. We do need to be careful with this dividend here because it may be that there's a special one-off dividend and so this might be a little bit skewed, not the normal, or it may be that it's a year where we've cancelled dividends for some reason. So we've got to uh, be careful with that. We may have to figure out other ways of estimating it. Um, in estimating the expected rate of return or the required rate of return for this stock, what should we, we should get for giving the risk? Well, we know that the cap M is able to tell us that by the risk-free rate and the uh, expected rate of return for the market. So we know that in order to figure out what the required rate of return should be in our model, we need to find out those things. We need to also find out the beta for the stock. And what we find out, or what our researcher finds out, is that our risk-free rate is 2%. Our expected return for the market is 12%. And the beta for RNH, pardon me, the beta for RNH is equal to 0 0.9. Now one of the other features that they find is that is this expectation, and remember we want to look towards the future this expectation that interest rates are going to go up. So they need to make some small adjustments in the model of the price to reflect what the future is more likely to look like. With interest rates going up, what they decide to do then is to take this risk-free rate and just adjust it up by 0.5%. So when they estimate K, they end up with 2.5% plus 9.5%, which is the market risk premium, take away times 0 0.9, which is the beta, and they end up with an estimate of the required rate of return being 11.05%. So what we're going to do now then is we're going to plug that into our model. So when we go solve our model and we ask what should K be, all of that information, both the subjective information here and the objective information here, 
filter into what our estimate's going to be, and we just put that into the equation. Same with our dividend. Now, we didn't really have much subjective in there, and we put that into the equation. The one that's a little bit harder is going to be our estimate of G, our estimate of the growth rate. This is a little bit more complex. Now, the first one we're going to introduce is something called the sustainable growth rate. And the sustainable growth rate suggests that our stock and our dividends are going to grow by an amount which is equal to the return on equity. So what percentage return equity uh, shareholders get from the company uh, in any given year. And the company is going to grow by the amount that we put back into that. So the amount that we put back in is equal to one take away the payout ratio. Whatever we pay out is going to inve investors. Whatever we don't pay out, the uh, other part of the 100% is going back into the company. And so our researcher, when using this sustainable method, and this is not the only method, we'll talk about some other methods later on uh, in chapter 17, the researcher finds that the average five-year ROE, and it's usually good to use an average of five, or five to ten years, is equal to 50%. They also find, or, or sorry, is equal to 10%, my fault. They find as well that the average payout ratio, the average five-year payout, is equal to 50%. So I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping on this here. Five. So when they figure out at what rate we could sustain... Uh, dividend growth, they're going to estimate it as being 10% times 1 take away 0 0.5. That's the rate the company's going to grow at, and so in theory the rate we could sustainably grow the dividend. And they're... Ah, I missed that. And so their calculation is going to estimate it at 5%. But maybe they also found another little piece of information that suggests growth will be larger than, than normal going forward. The est what they're going to do is make an adjustment to what they calculated here, and they're going to adjust the growth rate to 5.5% for the sake of the model. So now when we go back to this, all we're going to do is we're going to use this growth rate and we're going to plug it into our model where we need it. When we go and estimate now the price, remember we want to compare it to our current price. So if this is what we could buy it for, is this a good deal or not? Well, the price of our stock that the DDM suggests is equal to all these numbers that we have estimated and the DDM tells us how we sort of put everything together to evaluate what the price of the stock should be and I missed a number in there 0 0.55 and when we do that the DDM is suggesting that this stock is correctly valued at 1575. When we compare that now to 
to what we what we could buy it at if we think that we can pick this up for 1570 uh something that's we think is worth 1575 according to our model and we can buy it for 1234 then this price is indicating that the the model price is indicating that the stock is currently undervalued